skill platform for professionals. Skillfront. www.skillfront.com. Program book. The Lean Framework. This audiobook has been generated by using the Mac OS text-to-speech technology. As Skillfront, we thank Apple for making this technology available for us. Hi everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic day today. Thank you very much for getting the Lean Framework audiobook. My name is Yella Zobergefell. We will be producing today the audio version of the renowned Skillfront book, The Lean Framework, written by the team of the Skillfront. As we know, audiobooks are wonderful tools in terms of getting knowledge of the world with ease. You can feel free to listen to this audiobook while you are sitting and relaxing on your couch with your cup of coffee or tea, while you are driving, while you are commuting, while you're walking, while you're training, or even while you're working without any interruption in your usual routine. And yet, I want to encourage you to get a hand at the ebook version of the Lean Framework as well. I believe the content presented in this audiobook will make more sense, and it will become more helpful to you if you review and digest the figures, images, graphs, and charts, which you can only see in the ebook version of this audiobook. Are you now ready to get started? Yes. If so, then let's get started. Dedication to all of the Skillfront professionals. Thank you for inspiring us, keeping us focused, and making sure we do our best to guide you to execute ideas, grow businesses, and dominate your markets online and offline. We are proud of seeing you while you serve your clients at your highest levels possible and positively influence their lives that wouldn't happen otherwise. Without you, your engagement, and your loyal support, Skillfront could not come where it is today. Welcome to the Skillfront. As to methods, there may be million and then some, but skills are few. The one who grasps skills can successfully select his or her own methods. The one who tries methods, ignoring skills, is sure to have trouble. Ralph Waldo Emerson, essayist and poet, New Year's Eve 2010. As the rest of the world went about celebrating the dawn of a new year heading into 2011, I lay in my bed, next to my baby, who was born less than four short months ago. My husband sat next to me, and I can still remember the sound of fireworks set off in the neighborhood. I could see the colors of fireworks, reflecting off my husband's face. He turned and looked at me, while tears were pouring down my cheeks, and he said, You didn't sign up for this. We're going to fix it. I lay down and put my hands back behind my head, closing my eyes. I felt every aspect of my being filled with rage. My mind raced back to the winter, nearly 12 months before to me getting promoted to a leadership position at one of Switzerland's largest local banks. As the manager of the busiest branch in the middle of the city of Zurich, I was leading 30 to 40 employees, contractors, and agency staff. To this day, I can't help but marvel at the thousands of working hours, the millions of Swiss francs, and the enormously complex processes necessary to make a simple financial investment product shown in our portfolio of products. And yet, there I was lying, heading into 2011, with a termination letter in my hand. It turned out that my employer didn't want to occupy their demanding positions with mothers of newborn babies. They couldn't wait any longer and quickly sent me my notification at the end of my 12 weeks of officially deserved maternity leave. At this moment, you may be wondering why I didn't go back to my corporate career, although I could have reasonably quickly find another job, given my qualifications and job experiences. Even if I had this big obstacle of having a few months old baby, let me tell you this. The shock of getting fired helped me admit three very important things that I haven't been entirely honest to myself before. 1. Large companies move slowly. 
good ideas often died on the vine simply because they had to be approved by too many people. 2. Climbing the corporate ladder is an obstacle to doing great work. I wanted to focus on getting things done and making things better, not constantly positioning myself for promotion. Politics and turf wars are an inescapable part of the daily experience of working for a large company. 3. Frustration leads to burnout. I wanted to enjoy my daily work experience, but instead, I felt like I was running a gauntlet each day. It began to affect my health during my pregnancy, happiness, and relationships with my husband, friends, and family. The longer I thought of these facts, the more I realized I wanted out. I desperately wanted to work on my own terms, as an entrepreneur. The next 10 years took me on a journey, trying to bring up my baby, become a good wife, and transform myself into the practical scientist to unlocking measurable results in every area of my life every day. A scientist I call the skill front entrepreneur. My name is Yelis Obergefell. I am a married woman. I am a mother. I am a businesswoman. And most important, I am a skill front entrepreneur. I train entrepreneurs at all levels, from want to be entrepreneurs to owners of large enterprises, to execute ideas, grow businesses, and dominate their markets online and offline. I wasn't trying to become an expert, in fact, I wasn't even sure what being an expert meant. I was, and I am still trying to be a student of my own passion, helping and serving other entrepreneurs succeed in business. I wanted to set myself free after getting laid off. I had no clue that what would start with a decision to change my life would transform into a global movement thanks to the principles, frameworks, and support of Skillfront, the skill platform for entrepreneurs. I started the idea of Skillfront in 2011 with zero knowledge of marketing, sales, persuasion, closing, e-commerce, or automated digital marketing systems. On top of that, I had never delivered a service that was 100% created by me and I had spent most of my career selling other services. From 2011 to 2014, I struggled to get the message I felt in my heart and soul out to the world. Although we were having some mild success, I was paralyzed trying to figure out not only the psychology of being a female leader with my message, but also the science and technology to sustain and scale my business. I have always been an avid learner, but before I decided to learn everything I could about how I can succeed as an entrepreneur, most of what I read was fiction. If there is one thing I am good at it, it is taking in a huge amount of information and distilling it into essentials. I am a synthesist by nature, and my travels through the business literature quickly became an exercise in separating the diamonds from the rough. The more I learned, the more helpless I felt. For every great resource I found, I had to process 10 other resources to figure out how to apply that resource in practice to excel on my own entrepreneurship journey. I started to wonder, how much of what's out there, and there is a lot out there, I really needed to know, how could I separate practical business and entrepreneurship skills from the dry theory and technobable. I only had so much time and energy, so I started searching for a filter, something that would direct me to the useful skills and keep me away from the chaff. The more I searched, the more I realized it didn't exist, so I decided to create the skill front. As of this moment, 143,487 Skillfront entrepreneurs are actively using the Skillfront platform to quickly get their ideas, products, and services out to the world. I don't share that with you to impress you. To some of you hearing this, that is a big thing, and to others, it's nothing. I share it to demonstrate what is possible when you learn, live, and leverage the practical science and art of being an entrepreneur while combining those skills with lessons you are going to earn in real practice.
So take a deep breath. It's time for you to unlock the blueprint of success as an entrepreneur and get to work. Welcome to the Skillfront. Yelis Obergefell, Skillfront, co-founder, vice president, entrepreneur experience. Become a bit better than you, every day. Before you can be great, you must be good. Before you can be good, you must be bad. Before you can be bad, you must try. Jim Edwards, copywriter and internet marketer. The key to success, model the best. During one of the seminars I attended more than a decade ago in Nashville, Tennessee, I had one of the most significant aha moments in my personal and entrepreneurial growth journey, which impacted my business more than everything else I learned until today that was the discovery of thoughtful modeling to build my own skills and career. Children use modeling all the time to learn how to speak, use tools, or tie their shoes. If you look at it carefully, modeling is not only essential to build new skills, but also it's necessary for the continuity of skills, lessons, know-how, and the world's intellectual and cultural legacy from one generation to another. One caveat here, I have seen and met many people who mix modeling with copying someone else's materials, patents, works, ideas as there, and use them for their own goals. Don't do this. That is illegal and unethical. What I mean with thoughtful modeling is, 1. Look for a business that is already successful in your chosen field or a leader who has created the kind of life you want to live. 2. As Tony Robbins rightly put out there, success leaves clues. Find them. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Those who have succeeded before you have done so, followed a plan, and you can do the same thing. Look into their history and their eyes to the top. How did they get to where they are today? What kind of obstacles and setbacks did they face, and how did they overcome them? What are their philosophies about their work and their life? 3. Use this information to build the path of your success that mirrors theirs. Your strategy may be similar to the business or leader of your modeling, or you adjust it for your present circumstances. So, I started looking at other businesses, studying how they came to where they're today. After all, their techniques worked for them, they could work for me, but for some reason, my efforts made very little, if any, success and income. I was frustrated because I could see others making money successfully. What was I doing wrong? It took me almost four years of studying, researching, and interviewing successful business people before I realized that what I was seeing on the surface wasn't their full arsenal of skills and strategies. The entrepreneurs who were making decent money were doing it through steps and processes invisible to the naked eye while I had learned and modeled the part of their businesses that I could see. Multiple things were happening behind the scenes that made the magic work. I found that the difference between a $10,000 and $1 million business was all the things happening after a buyer initially contacted those businesses. It took me years to discover and master these hidden skills below the surface of the iceberg, but when I did it, the results spoke for themselves. I wanted to launch Skillfront because I know there are entrepreneurs like me who have been trying to be successful, yet are not having much success. This and other Skillfront programs are the culmination of a decade spent analyzing thousands of companies and their success models. I have built a number of successful companies of my own, and I have worked with tens of thousands of students and clients to guide them to build businesses in every industry you can dream of, both online and offline. This and other programs in the Skillfront platform will unlock the practical skills and frameworks that are mastered and continuously used by champion businesses and leaders in their industries. I hope that while you're learning those skills, you will realize your dreams of success are a lot closer than you think. You will soon see that by providing a ton of value, communicating effectively with your audience, 
and building out your sales processes and flows in a very strategic way, you can get your product, service, and message out to the world, and you can get paid what you're worth while doing it. All skills you're going to learn are evergreen. If you've tried to learn how to build and grow your company in the past, you've probably purchased books and courses that teach systems that worked when they were created but became outdated, often, before they even reached a wider audience and found their way to you. Skillfront programs, on the other hand, are playbooks for creating and scaling successful businesses that will exponentially increase your sales and income. Skillfront teaches evergreen skills, frameworks, and strategies that will be just as useful 20 years from now as they are today. It's the mission of the skill front to focus on principles and methods that are timelines, even if technologies and tools change. We don't just teach this stuff, we actually do it. There are many people teaching business and entrepreneurship from one or another angle, and the vast majority of them are making money by teaching other people's business strategies. Russell Brunson calls those people shovel sellers because during the gold rush, the people who made the most money were the ones selling the shovels. Today's modern shovel sellers are selling you those strategies without actually using any of the techniques themselves. The difference between Skillfront and most others is that we actually do this for real. That's right, the skills we are going to reveal to you have been learned and then verified by our own real-world practices, or we have earned them after thousands of tests, sleepless nights, mistakes, trials, errors, successes, as well as failures. We have tried these skills in countless different industries, from law practices to multinational e-commerce giants, from coaching services to software as a service providers, from physical product retailers online and offline to real estate brokers, from healthcare, fitness, wellness and leisure providers to sport clubs and educational institutions, and everything else you ever imagine in between. We also directly work with hundreds of other businesses, advising them and increasing their profitability in almost every niche and industry you can dream of. I am excited for you to dive in and have some fun with this. So, let's get started. Introduction to the Lean Would you order a delivery pizza for dinner from a restaurant advertising delivery in 6 hours? How about a restaurant that can bring you a cold, stale pizza in only 5 minutes? To meet the consumer's needs, the pizza shop must be able to give customers the number of pizzas they want when they want it. Preparing pizzas in advance is too wasteful because most consumers are not likely to buy a stale pizza. Meanwhile, if you take too long to deliver the pizza, you will lose customers to a more responsive competitor. The concept of Lean focuses on making what you need to meet customer demand only when you need it. For a pizza delivery shop, that probably means a fresh pizza at the customer's door in around 30 minutes. This philosophy can apply to a range of operations, from simply washing a car to manufacturing a complex aircraft. Similarly, the concept of lean manufacturing refers to eliminating waste in the manufacturing process. The Toyota product system is the model for modern manufacturers that want to control wastes. Lean control, lean control, or simply lean, has become an immensely popular business control and improvement methodology in recent years. Lean control is a highly refined example of non-financial controls in action. Lean is a system of non-financial controls used to improve product and service quality and decrease wastes. Research suggests that up to 70% of manufacturing firms are using some form of lean in their business operations. Lean was initially focused on improving manufacturing operations but is now used to improve product development, order processing, and a variety of other non-manufacturing processes sometimes called lean in the office. What is meant by lean control? 
Lean's popularity has both resulted from, and been driven by, an explosion in the volume of Lean-related educational resources. Amazon offers almost 1,800 books and other materials about Lean, and Yahoo hosts over 90 online discussion groups relating to Lean. Colleges and universities, industry trade associations, and private consulting firms routinely offer courses, seminars, and conferences to explain what Lean is and how to use it. Lean control is a number of things. According to James Womack, it is a process for measuring and reducing inventory and streamlining production. It is a means for changing the way a company measures plant performance. It is a knowledge-based system. It takes years of hard work, preparation and support from upper management. Lean is so named because it purports to use much less of certain resources, space, inventory, workers, etc., than is used by normal mass production systems to produce comparable output. The term came into widespread use with the 1990 publication of the book The Machine That Changed the World, by James P. Womack, Daniel T. Jones, and Daniel Ruse Womack, J.P., Jones, D.T., and Ruse, D., 1990. This abundance of education resources on the topic of lean is actually a mixed blessing for managers who are just now becoming interested in lean. On the one hand, today's managers don't have to search far to find lean materials or programs, but the wealth of lean resources can also be a source of confusion for two main reasons. First, there is no universal definition of lean and little agreement about what the truly core principles of lean are. For instance, quality programs such as Six Sigma, or even Lean Six Sigma, or other titles competing for the lean intellectual space. Therefore, lean experts often approach the subject from differing perspectives and describe lean in different ways. To make matters worse, lean is a topic that produces a significant amount of zealotry. So, many experts strongly argue that their particular brand of lean is the one right way to implement and use lean. In these circumstances, it's no wonder that managers become confused about where and how to begin. Lean applications. Lean will always be associated with Toyota Motor Corporation because most lean tools and techniques were developed by Toyota in Japan beginning in the 1950s. After World War II, Toyota's leaders were determined to make the company a full-range car and truck manufacturing enterprise, but they faced several serious challenges. The Japanese motor vehicle market was small and yet demanded a fairly wide range of vehicle types. This meant that Toyota needed to find a way to earn a profit while manufacturing a variety of vehicles in low volumes. In addition, capital was extremely scarce, which made it impossible for Toyota to make large purchases of the latest production equipment. To succeed, or even survive, Toyota needed a way to build vehicles that would require fewer resources. To achieve this goal, Toyota's leaders, principally Eiji Toyoda and Teichi Ono, began to create and implement the production techniques and tools that came to be known as Lean. To gain the most benefits from Lean, managers must be able to determine what specific Lean tools and techniques will be effective in their particular business. And to make that determination, they must clearly understand what Lean is designed to accomplish, its primary objectives, and what core principles Lean is based on. With this understanding, managers can decide which Lean tools will work well in their business, which lean tools will need to be modified or adapted to work well, and which tools are simply not appropriate. What, then, are the major objectives and core principles of lean? Despite the arguments and debates that often surround attempts to define and describe lean, it is clear that the ultimate objective of lean is the avoidance of muda, or wasteful activity, in all business operations. Muda comprises seven deadly wastes. In the lean world, 
Waste means any activity or condition that consumes resources but creates no value for customers. Therefore, waste includes the production of defective products that must be remade or fixed, the production of more products than the market will buy, excessive work in process inventories, overprocessing, processing steps that aren't really needed or that had no value, unnecessary movement of people or products, and unnecessary waiting by employees. Elimination of waste is the soul of lean. Muda is a Japanese term for activity that is wasteful and doesn't add value. It is also a key concept in lean control. Waste reduction is an effective way to increase profitability. Here are the seven deadly wastes, along with their definitions. 1. Defects prevent the customer from accepting the product produced. The effort to create these defects is wasted. New waste management processes must be added in an effort to reclaim some value for the otherwise scrap product. 2. Overproduction is the production or acquisition of items before they are actually required. It is the most dangerous waste of the company because it hides the production problems. Overproduction must be stored, managed, and protected. 3. Transportation is a cost with no added value. In addition, each time our product is moved it stands the risk of being damaged, lost, and delayed. Transportation does not transform the product in any way that the consumer is willing to pay for. 4. Waiting refers to both the time spent by the workers waiting for resources to arrive, the queue for their products to empty as well as the capital sunk in goods and services that are not yet delivered to the customer. It is often the case that there are processes to manage this waiting. 5. Inventory in the form of raw materials, work in progress, or finished goods represents a capital outlay that has not yet produced an income either by the producer or for the consumer. Any of these three items not being actively processed to add value is waste. 6. Motion refers to the actions performed by the producer, worker, or equipment. Motion has significance to damage, wear, and safety. It also includes the fixed assets and expenses incurred in the production process. 7. Overprocessing is defined as using a more expensive or otherwise valuable resource than is needed for the task or adding features that are designed for but are needed by the customer. There is a particular problem with this item regarding people. People may need to perform tasks that they are overqualified for to maintain their competency. This training cost can be used to offset the waste associated with overprocessing. The five core principles of lean. Lean methodologies are lean because they enable a business to do more with less. A lean organization uses less human effort, less equipment, less facilities space, less time, and less capital, while always coming closer to meeting customers' exact needs. Therefore, Lean is not just another cost-cutting program of the kind we often see in business organizations. Lean is much more about the conservation of valuable resources than it is about cost-cutting. In their best-selling book, Lean Thinking, James Womack and Daniel Jones identified five core principles of Lean Womack, J.P., and Jones, D.T., 2003. Principle number one, define value from the customer's perspective. The first core principle in the Womack-Jones Lean framework is that value must be defined and specified from the customer's perspective. While this seems simple enough, it requires much more than high-sounding, generic statements. To be meaningful, value must be defined in terms of specific products. This means that managers must understand how each specific product meets the needs of specific customers at a specific price and at a specific time. Principle number two, describe the value stream for each product or service. The second core principle of Lean is to describe the value stream for each product or service, or, in some cases, for groups or families of similar products. The value stream is the set of activities that the business is performing to bring a finished product to a customer. 
It includes both direct manufacturing activities and indirect activities such as order processing, purchasing, and materials management. Developing a detailed description or map of each value stream usually reveals huge amounts of wastes. It enables managers to identify which value stream activities add value to the product, which activities add no value but cannot be immediately eliminated for various reasons, and which activities create no value and can be immediately eliminated, or at least reduced substantially. Principle number 3. Create flow in each value stream. The third essential principle of lean is embodied in the word flow. When a value stream has been completely described as unnecessary, non-value-adding activities have been eliminated, the basic idea of flow is to arrange the remaining activities sequentially, so that products will move smoothly and continuously from one activity to the next. However, flow means more than ease of movement. Flow is the lean principle that directly challenges the traditional batch and queue model of manufacturing, where people and the equipment are organized and located by function and products and component parts, are manufactured in large batches. Lean organizations strive to improve flow by reducing the size of production batches, and in the process, they increase flexibility and lower costs. Principle number 4. Produce at the pace, pull of actual customer demand. Producing at the pace or pull of actual customer demand is the fourth key principle of lean. One of the greatest benefits of moving from traditional batch and queue manufacturing to continuous flow production is that lead times fall dramatically. Reduced lead times and increased flexibility mean that lean organizations can respond to actual customer demand rather than attempt to predict in advance what that level of demand will be. This allows lean organizations to substantially lower both finished goods and work in process inventories. Principle number 5. Strive to continuously improve all business operations. The fifth core principle of lean is continuous improvement, expressed in Japanese by the word Kaizen. Companies that implement lean adopt the mindset that it is always possible to improve any business activity, and they regularly conduct Kaizen events throughout their organizations to improve specific processes or operations. Today, Toyota is recognized as one of the most lean business enterprises in the world. Even more daunting, and humbling, is the fact that Toyota is still striving to improve. Key takeaway from lean principles, lean control, or simply lean, is the system of non-financial controls used to improve product and service quality and decrease wastes. While popularized through the dramatic successes of Toyota in auto manufacturing, lean processes are used to improve quality and decrease waste in most service and manufacturing industries around the world. In this section, you saw examples of the seven deadly wastes, Muda and the five core principles of lean which culminate in continuous improvement, or Kaizen eliminating wastes. Lean, sustainability's blue-collar brother. In understanding operational efficiency for many of the world's corporations, two systems of thought tend to predominate, the Toyota Production System, TPS, more broadly known as lean, and Six Sigma. Although lean and Six Sigma are systems used to create, hone, and, over time, optimize virtually any process or system, it is important to note that a central concern of each is the elimination of wastes. While sustainability may deal with the longer-term ramifications of overuse and wastes, as well as other wide-ranging implications, this expression of sustainability on the plant floor is as elegant and brutally efficient in intent as it is in execution, waste costs measurable amounts of money, period. There is no nuanced interpretation, no delicate interpretive dance of language to be had here, 
which is perhaps why the application of these systems is so popular with CFOs and operations management alike, underscoring some of their shared underpinnings, Lean and Six Sigma share essentially the same definitions of wastes, in consideration of what is a shared prescription of two of the dominant efficiency systems in the world. Let's consider the sustainable underpinnings of the eight wastes and the types of aspects related to each wastes. Type of sustainability aspects related to eight wastes. Lean waste examples of related sustainability aspects inventory waste oversizing of warehouse and production areas, increased energy usage planet, unnecessary frustration of moving excess inventory to reach needed base, people, inefficient use of capital and resources, profit, Talent waste decreased employee satisfaction and engagement, people, inefficient use of one of the organization's most valuable assets, profit, waiting waste energy waste from idled or below, capacity use of machinery and buildings, planet, energy waste from idled or below capacity use of machinery and buildings, planet, increased labor costs, inefficient use of capital and resources, profit. Motion waste excess motion likely means unnecessary energy and fuel consumption for machinery, i.e. conveyors, forklifts, etc., planet, potential for increased injuries, excess round trips on site likely unrewarding, increased physical requirements for the same job, position may no longer be appropriate for older or less conditioned employees, people, increased labor costs, increased injuries, increased cost of energy, decreased machine life, profit. Defects waste increase in disposed packaging and product, increase of inline wastes, additional materials processes energy needed to rework, planet, increased frustration and decreased morale in employees, people, decreased profitability from retiafs and increased wastes, profit, transportation waste increased scope 3 energy use and emissions, increased use of related chemicals and solvents, planet, need for transport support potentially reducing opportunities in other positions, People, decrease profitability, profit, overprocessing waste unnecessary use of resources, energy, or materials which are not adding value planet, unnecessary work and potential for injury, decreased morale in doing busy work, people, decrease profitability, profit, overproduction waste excessive energy use and emissions, wasteful use of materials, planet unpredictable shift loads, potential for temporary disruptions or layoffs, decrease morale. People, decrease profitability, increased overhead, profit, especially in regard to sustainability's efficiency imperatives, we may find that the Lean Six Sigma waste principles as practiced today are far more advanced and prescriptive than any GRI report or sustainability management system when it comes to the overall consideration of all types of wastes, where GRI may be far more focused on the defined wastes and setting indicators. Lean Six Sigma takes a more holistic view in opening the facility to see the less obvious, but equally erosive, wastes. Furthermore, and of key interest for our efforts in creating sustainability-driven innovation, is that the last 30 years of heavy worldwide adoption of these management systems present us with ample numbers of cognitive hooks and anchors from which we may build a platform for anything from beginning a sustainability initiative internally to creating a B2B offering. The philosophies of sustainability may already be deeply embedded in the organization already, they call them Lean Six Sigma, as we will cover in coming lessons, our goal then is not to unnecessarily create new ideas, which is difficult, and frankly, expensive, but to build on and extend the thoughts, feelings, and frames that already exist in the in the minds of customers, 
Caterpillar's use of Six Sigma in supply chain sustainability. Caterpillar is arguably one of the foremost adherents to this efficiency thinking, applying Six Sigma at very high levels throughout not only its organization, but the organizations within its supply chain. In a sense, this push functioned as a very proactive effort on the part of Caterpillar to drive efficiency and waste reduction in its suppliers and to allow its suppliers to work together to find ways to become more efficient. A few highlights from a Gillette, Fink, and Bevington piece in strategic finance about Caterpillar's use of Six Sigma. In addition to its own use of Six Sigma, the company has taught its suppliers and dealers about the benefits of using the technique to refine the entire sales model. Caterpillar has introduced 850 suppliers worldwide to Six Sigma, which has created more than 1,000 supplier black belts to help run the projects. One supplier that said it was interested in the Caterpillar Six Sigma methodology allowed Cut to consult and transform the business. When implementing Six Sigma, Caterpillar used facts and data to show the results the supplier could expect, so it didn't take long for the supplier to totally buy into the methodology. Dealers have also taken on the Six Sigma commitment. More than 165 dealerships have produced more than 1,000 black belts to help with projects. Dealers find it amazing that they can share their projects with one another on a Caterpillar website that depicts best practices among the dealers. Even though each dealership is run as a separate business, Six Sigma has helped give all of them a common feel across the world. Not only are dealerships learning about projects that need to be done in their business, but they're following the steps of the process and learning which projects to do first. Just as Caterpillar embraced the methodology, dealers have also accepted the idea of making Six Sigma a top-down methodology that pushes the training and concept down to the workers at the lowest level. While Caterpillar's Six Sigma push started in 2001, a full four years before it would issue even its first sustainability report, the links between the two efforts are readily evident. In both the cut approach to Six Sigma efficiency and its sustainability efforts, the drive for waste reduction and efficiency is coming from a very directed and structured approach, one which has its roots in operations. The intermingling between Six Sigma, operations, production, and sustainability at Caterpillar becomes even more evident when examining the critical success factors, link is external, statement of its sustainability vision, mission, strategy, critical success factors, culture, create a culture of sustainability in all our business units and in all our daily work, progress, we promote our employees' awareness and understanding of sustainability, we continue to foster a corporate culture of transparency, disclosure and engagement, operations, champion our sustainability principles and contribute to 2020 aspirational sustainable development goals, progress, the Caterpillar production system provides the recipe for efficiency and excellence in our facilities, we actively encourage employees to conserve resources and be more efficient, operating in a more efficient and sustainable manner will reduce impacts on people and the environment, and help us and our customers save money, business opportunities, Identify and pursue business growth opportunities created by sustainable development. Sustainability, we are actively embedding sustainability throughout our Caterpillar brand portfolio, our new product development process and our technologies. Our business leaders continue to drive growth in sales of products, services and solutions that help customers meet their sustainability challenges. We utilize Six Sigma methodologies to focus our work and drive measurable benefits. For one of the world's foremost manufacturers, it would appear a significant portion of Six Sigma enables its sustainability goals, and vice versa. In these types of operations, 
operating from a place of infused, organization-wide sustainability, it can be very difficult, if not impossible, to determine where sustainability ends and operations begins. Continuous improvement, core competencies of organizations, with a culture of continuous improvement, our organization measures outcomes, changes in participant condition, behavior or knowledge, not just efforts, quantifiable activities or services delivered. Our organization can identify which indicators are appropriate for measuring how we work. Our organization has clarity about what we want to accomplish in the short term, for example, one to five years and what success will look like. Our organization ensures that staff have the information and skills they need to successfully engage with data for program improvement, for example, access to resources and training. Our organization has staff who are experienced in data collection, data use, and different stakeholders' information needs. Our organization has staff who know how to analyze data and interpret what the data mean. Our organization values learning. This is demonstrated by staff actively asking questions, gathering information, and thinking critically about how to improve their work. Leaders in our organization support data use to identify areas of improvement. Our organization is capable of effectively communicating about data and results, both positive and negative, within and outside the organization. Our organization promotes and facilitates internal staff members' learning and reflection in meaningful ways regarding data use, planning, implementation and discussion of findings, learning by doing. Our organization modifies its course of action based on findings from program data. Mangers look at program data as an important input to help them improve staff performance and manage for results. Findings from program data are integrated into decision-making when deciding which policy options and strategies to pursue. Cultural indicators, hallmarks of a culture of continuous improvement are dormant. At this stage, the organization does not know where to start. Data collection may occur from time to time, but there is no formal reporting. There are no data systems in place such as dashboards or simple collection methods. Staff are often overwhelmed by the thought of measurement and it falls to the bottom of the to-do lists. Alternatively, there may be an emphasis on collecting more data than is necessary, but no one relates it to decision-making. There is not a reflection process for analyzing success or failure for future use, testing and coordinating. At this stage, the organization is regularly collecting data, but it is stored across different spreadsheets and collected by different people or departments. Data are not linked to organizational results or mission-driven goals across programs. Discussions on how to improve results are rarely part of staff meetings. Scaling and institutionalization. At this stage, there is an organization-wide system and dashboard for collecting data that are shared with different departments. There are different views or levels of detail for senior leaders, line staff, or other stakeholders. There are periodic, for example, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or quarterly, check-ins to evaluate what is working and what is not. The organization provides training and professional development for staff to learn how to use measurement tools. Empowering, at this stage, performance indicators are used across programs throughout the organization. There is a staff position responsible for setting the overall agenda for data collection and reporting, helping staff understand data, and assuring that systems and timelines are successful. All staff, however, are empowered and expected to check, apply, and interpret their own data. In addition to periodic check-ins, the organizational dashboard includes goal-oriented performance metrics, 
the organizational dashboard I head across departments and there is a process for analyzing, discussing, and applying results. Data visualization techniques are used not only to report the data analysis but also to reflect on best practices culled from the data JIT, just-in-time, pull systems. Just-in-time, JIT, is a management philosophy that originated in the 1970s. Teichi Ono is credited with developing JIT and perfected it for Toyota's manufacturing plants in Japan. The main goal of JIT is to eliminate anything that does not add value from the customer's perspective. Non-value-added activities are referred to as waste in JIT. Examples of waste include, overproduction beyond what is needed to satisfy media demand waiting time, work in process, customer waiting, unnecessary transportation, material handling, customer travel through a facility, etc., processing wastes, yield rates, startup costs, inventory storage wastes, space, deterioration, obsolescence, etc., unnecessary motion and activity, waste in work techniques, etc., waste from product and service defects, rework, scrap, warranty, etc. There are three essential elements that contribute to the successful practice of JIT. JIT Manufacturing Principles Total Quality Management, TQM, Employee Empowerment, JIT Manufacturing Principles. In a manufacturing setting, there are six major ways to pursue JIT goals. Inventory reduction to expose wastes, use of a demand pool production system, quick setups to reduce lot sizes, uniform plant loading, flexible resources, and cellular flow layouts. Inventory reduction to expose wastes, inventory covers up a lot of wasteful practices, poor equipment, weak vendors, bad quality, long setup times, etc. By gradually lowering inventory, the weaknesses of the production system can be revealed and addressed one by one. Machines can be replaced or better maintained, vendors' quality and delivery can be improved, machine setup procedures can be streamlined, quality practices can be implemented, and labor and equipment can be laid out more efficiently. These improvements permit the organization to operate with less inventory, less costs, and faster response times in meeting customer needs. Demand pool production system. The traditional approach to manufacturing management promotes a strong focus on machine and labor utilization. The view is that if managers make sure that workers and machines are always busy, then surely the factory will be productive and efficient. This approach is called the push system of manufacturing, where all material and work in process is continuously pushed through the factory in the pursuit of high utilization. The problem with this approach is that it usually produces high levels of inventories, long lead times, overtime costs, high levels of potential rework, and workers who are competing with one another rather than working cooperatively. In contrast to the push system, JIT espouses our demand pool system that operates on the rule that work should flow to a work center only if that work center needs more work. If a work center is already occupied with work activity, the upstream work center should stop production until the downstream work center communicates need for more material. The emphasis on maintaining high utilization is removed in a JIT environment. The focus of a JIT environment is on addressing the challenges that affect the overall effectiveness of the factory setup time reduction, quality improvement, enhanced production techniques, waste elimination, etc., in meeting its strategic goals. Rather than allowing excess inventory to cover up inefficiencies that reduce the factory's competitiveness, quick setups to reduce lot sizes, the longer it takes, and the more expensive it is to set up equipment and labor to produce an item, the greater the quantity of items that have to be produced in a given production run. 
Traditional production management philosophy promoted the notion that long production runs of the same item were the key to driving down unit costs. The problem was that large production runs created large quantities of whip and finished goods inventory that far exceeded the demand. These items would consequently cause high levels of inventory costs, long lead times, high potential rework, low flexibility in responding to customer needs, etc. Driving down setup costs and setup times are key to dramatically improving factory competitiveness in a JIT environment. In the 1980s, the 3M company converted a factory that made a few adhesive products in long production runs into a factory that made over 500 adhesive products in small production runs. To keep unit production costs under control, 3M studied the setups on its coating machines. Since the cost of chemical waste disposal was a major part of the cost of changing over a coating machine to make another product, 3M shortened the length of hoses that needed purging and redesigned the shape of the adhesive solution holding pan on the coating machine to be shallow. 3M also used quick connect devices, disposable filters, and work teams to speed up setups. The result was that 3M could maintain low unit costs on its coating machines while producing small lots of hundreds of products to meet market demand quickly. Uniform plant loading. The successful practice of JIT means having the right quantities of the right products in the right place at the right time. Driving down setup times enables the company to produce the product mix and quantities that are demanded in the present time period. Flexible resources. The enemy of JIT is uncertainty. A JIT environment thrives on predictability in customer demand, production processes, suppliers, and workers. Of course, uncertainty cannot be completely eliminated in most organizational environments. The defense against uncertainty that cannot be driven out is to implement flexible resources that can adapt easily to changing circumstances. General purpose, movable equipment that can fulfill a wide variety of production requirements is one way to improve flexibility. For example, Drilling machines with quick change bits which can be wheeled into position to form new work cells allows the factory to maximize efficiency while producing exactly what is needed to satisfy immediate demand. Another example is Toyota's use of paint canisters that attach to paint sprayers. Any car can be painted any color without having to purge hoses and switching from one color to another. Multifunctional workers are another way to bring flexibility to the work environment. At Honeywell Heating and Cooling Controls Plant, Workers are trained to operate all the machines on their work line. The flexibility that comes from multifunctional workers changes the nature of how work gets done. Instead of workers being trained on one machine and working independently of one another, multifunctional workers have a big picture view of the production line, where every worker understands all aspects of the line and how to work together to meet quality and schedule goals regardless of the circumstances. Line Cellular Flow Layouts Earlier in this chapter, we described the efficiencies that repetitive process layouts provide. Repetitive process layouts are perfectly suited for driving out non-value-added activities and transitioning to a JIT environment. Intermittent layouts feature dozens or even hundreds of different paths through the facility. They are filled with complexity, uncertainty, and overvisibility. Workers tend to have specialized skills, work independently of other departments, and have little sense of ownership of the products they work on. In contrast, cell layouts promote JIT goals by featuring unidirectional product flows, high visibility, and fast throughput times. Workers with multifunctional skills are assigned to individual cells and have responsibility and control of the products they produce. 
workers in a cell environment tend to have a greater sense of ownership and pride in their work because they have a big picture view of the product as it is converted from raw material to a finished good. This deeper understanding of the production process increases the opportunities for workers to contribute ideas for process improvements. Total Quality Management TQM was discussed in detail earlier. TQM goes hand-in-hand hand with the JIT philosophy because quality is a major source of uncertainty and non-value-added activities in an organization with poor quality practices. TQM promotes continuous improvement, doing it right the first time, designing quality into products and processes, and establishing an overall focus on prevention as the primary quality activity. Employee Empowerment Frontline employees play a critical role in successful JIT practice. They work in partnership with management and each other in the continuous pursuit of excellence. There are several ways in which frontline employees contribute to JIT success. Employees work together in problem-solving teams to gather data and build consensus on how to improve work processes. Employees are responsible for understanding the quality measures of their work and what they need to do to meet the needs of internal and external customers. Each employee is empowered to take action to correct problems. Employees have cross-functional skill sets that allow them to be assigned to areas which need help, and to help them adopt a broader, big-picture, view of the production process. Unlike a traditional push environment where line workers are relatively independent of one another in their work activities, JIT employees are connected by the demand-pull discipline, where work is not produced unless the downstream work center needs it. Demand-pull promotes the interconnectedness of workers. Frontline employees are responsible for the basic maintenance of their machines. This helps employees have a better understanding of the condition of their equipment and its ability to meet quality and production requirements. Management works with employees by being coaches and facilitators rather than authoritative supervisors. Managers are charged with hiring employees who can work in a proactive team environment, and provide the training and incentives to build a work culture that is focused on continuous improvement. Conclusion the evolution of JIT into lean operations. The JIT philosophy has evolved from a manufacturing-focused management approach to a set of management principles that can be applied to any organization. Lean operations is a term that is replacing JIT, especially in service environments. Lean operations captures the true essence and power of how our culture built around continuous improvement and the pursuit of value-added activities leads directly to competitive advantage in the marketplace. Lean operations is a management philosophy for any organization to achieve higher quality, increased productivity, improved delivery speed, greater responsiveness to changing markets, and increased customer satisfaction lean thinking. Lean thinking is a business methodology that aims to provide a new way to think about how to organize human activities to deliver more benefits to society and value to individuals while eliminating wastes. The term lean thinking was coined by James P. Womack and Daniel T. Jones to capture the essence of their in-depth study of Toyota's fable Toyota production system. Lean thinking is a way of thinking about an activity and seeing the waste inadvertently generated by the way the process is organized. It uses the concepts of value-value streams flow. The aim of lean thinking is to create a lean enterprise, one that sustains growth by aligning customer satisfaction with employee satisfaction and that offers innovative products or services profitably while minimizing unnecessary over costs to customers, supplies and the environment. The basic insight of lean thinking is that if you train every person to identify wasted time and effort in their own job and to better work together to improve processes by eliminating such wastes, the resulting enterprise will deliver more value at less expense while developing every employee's confidence, 
competence and ability to work with others. The idea of lean thinking gained popularity in the business world and has evolved in two different directions. Lean thinking converts who keep seeking to understand how to seek dynamic gains rather than static efficiencies. For this group of thinkers, lean thinking continuously evolves as they seek to better understand the possibilities of the way opened up by Toyota and have grasped the fact that the aim of continuous improvement is continuous improvement. Lean thinking as such is a movement of practitioners and writers who experiment and learn in different industries and conditions, to lean think any new activity. Lean manufacturing adepts who have interpreted the term lean as a form of operational excellence and have turned to company programs aimed at taking costs out of processes. Lean activities are used to improve processes without ever challenging the underlying thinking, with powerful low-hanging fruit results but little hope of transforming the enterprise as a whole. This corporate lean approach is fundamentally opposed to the ideals of lean thinking, but has been taken up by a great number of large businesses seeking to cut their costs without challenging their fundamental management assumptions. Overview Lean thinking was born out of studying the rise of Toyota Motor Company from a bankrupt Japanese automaker in the early 1950s to today's dominant global player. At every stage of its expansion, Toyota remained a puzzle by capturing new markets with products deemed relatively unattractive and with systematically lower costs while not following any of the usual management dictates. In studying the company firsthand it appeared that it had a unique group of elder sensei and coordinators, trainers from Japan, dedicated to help managers think differently. Contrarily to every other large company, Toyota's training in its formative years was focused on developing people's reasoning abilities rather than pushing them to execute specialist-derived systems. These sensei, or masters in lean thinking would challenge line managers to look differently at their own jobs by focusing on the workplace, going and seeing first-hand work conditions in practice, right now, and finding out the facts for oneself rather than relying on reports and boardroom meeting. The workplace is also where real people make real value and going to see is a mark of respect and the opportunity to support employees to add value through their ideas and initiative more than merely make value through prescribed work. The management revolution brought by lean thinking can be summed up by describing jobs in terms of job equals work plus kaizen value through built-in quality, understanding that customer satisfaction is paramount and is built in at every step of the enterprise's process. From building in satisfying features, such as peace of mind, to correctly building in quality at every production step. Built-in quality means to stop at every doubtful part and to train yourself and others not to pass on defective work, not to do defective work and not to accept defective work by stopping the process and reacting immediately whenever things go wrong. Value streams through understanding tack time. By calculating the ratio of open production time to average customer demand one can have a clear idea of the capacity needed to offer a steady flow of products. This tact rhythm, be it a minute for cars, two months for software projects or two years for a new book leads to creating stable value streams where stable teams work on a stable set of products with stable equipment rather than optimize the use of specific machines or processes. Tact time thinking leads to completely different capacity reasoning than traditional costing and is the key to far more frugal processes. Flow through reducing batch sizes, every traditional business, whether in production or services, is addicted to batch. The idea is that once work is set up one way, we'd better get on and quickly make as many pieces of work as we can to keep the unit cost down. Lean thinking looks at this differently in trying to optimize the flow of work in order to satisfy real demand now not imaginary demand next month. 
by working strenuously on reducing change over time and difficulty, it is possible to approach the lean thinking ideal of single piece flow, in doing so, one reduces dramatically the general cost of the business by eliminating the need for warehouses, transports, systems, subcontractor use and so on, pull to visualize tack time through the flow, pulling work from upstream and tack time through visual devices such as Kanban cards is the essential piece that enables lean thinkers to visualize the gaps between the ideal and the actual at the workplace at any time. Pull is what creates a creative tension in the workplace by both edging closer to single-piece work and by highlighting problems one at a time as they occur so complex situations can be resolved piecemeal. Pull is the basic technique to lean the company and, by and large, without pull there is no lean thinking. Seeking perfection through Kaizen, the old-time sensei used to teach that the aim of lean thinking was not to apply lean tools to every process, but to develop the Kaizen spirit in every employee. Perfection is not sought through better, more clever systems or go-it-alone heroes but through a commitment to improve things together step by small step. Kaizen literally means change for the better and Kaizen spirit is about seeking 101% improvements from everyone every day everywhere rather than one 100% leap forward. The practice of Kaizen is what anchors deep in thinking in people's minds and which, ultimately, leads to complete transformation. Practicing Kaizen together builds self-confidence and the collective confidence that we can face our larger challenges and solve our problems together. Lean Thinking Practices Experience shows that adopting lean thinking requires abandoning deeply ingrained mainstream management thought routines, and this is never easy. The three main ways to adopt lean thinking are, and surprisingly, aha moments by seeing someone behave in a striking way, or hitting upon a new idea by reading a book, visiting a workplace, or being beaten over the head by an old-time sensei. Aha moments are powerful, but unfortunately rare, and need the right conditions to occur. Everyday practice by the daily use of lean practices. These practices mainly originate from Toyota and are essentially think-with-your-hands exercises. Their purpose is not to implement new processes, as they are too often interpreted, but practical activities to lead one to see the situation differently and have new ideas about it, to adopt a lean way of thinking. Joining lean self-study groups by practicing Kaizen with others and identifying which role models one would like to follow. The lean community is now a generation strong and has many great examples to offer to any lean learner, whether beginner or experienced. Workplace visits with experienced lean thinkers remain one of the most effective ways to grasp their meaning. In the lean thinking tradition, the teacher should not explain but demonstrate, learning is the full responsibility of the learner. However, to create the proper conditions for learning the lean tradition has adopted a number of practices from Toyota's own learning curve. The aim of these practices is not to improve processes per se but to create an environment for teachable and learnable moments. Kaizen activities, whether cross-functional workshops, team quality circles, individual suggestions, and many other exercises, Kaizen activities are about scheduled moments to improve the work within the normal working day. The point of Kaizen is that improvement is a normal part of the job, not something to be done when there is time left after having done everything else. Kaizen is scheduled, planned, and controlled by a teacher who makes sure Deming's plan do check catch is followed rigorously. Kanban Kanban is the foundational practice of lean thinking, the Toyota production system used to be first known as the Kanban system. Any process will have different output. For instance, nowadays, a writer will produce books keynote speeches, blog posts, tweets and answer emails. The question is, at the present time right now, 
How can the person using the process know whether they are doing what is needed for customers right now or whether they are working ahead on something not that important and lagging behind on something critical? In project management, this creates segments ahead and segments late, an end of project panic. In production, this creates entire warehouses of inventories to compensate for the inability to produce right now what is needed. Kanban is a simple technique using cards or post-it notes to visualize leveled, that is average to avoid peaks and troughs, activity at the process. The writer will start a new book when she's delivered one. She will worry about the new conference when it's time to. She will write a new blog post at a steady rhythm rather than publish five in a rush and then one and so on. In production, Kanban cards make sure employees are working on what is needed right now and not overproducing parts which will then linger in inventory whilst others will be unavailable. Kanban is the main practice to reveal all misfits between today's activities and how the market behaves. Kanban teaches one lean thinking by constantly challenging assumptions about market behavior and our own flexibility. Automation, in any contemporary setting, everyone uses either machines or software to do any work. Yet, this automated work still requires specific human judgments to be done right. As a result, Many machines can't be left alone to work because they're likely to go wrong if someone doesn't watch them all the time. Autonomation is the practice of progressively imparting human judgment to a system so that it self-monitors and stops and calls a human when it feels it went wrong, just as our desktop computer will flag a virus alert if it feels under attack. Autonomation is essential to separate people from machines and not have humans doing machine work and vice versa. Automation teaches lean thinking by revealing new ways of designing lighter, smarter machines with less capital expenditure. Amden, calling out when something feels out of kilt and to visualize that call on central board so that help can come quickly. Lean thinking is thinking together and no employee should be left alone with a problem. Amden is a critical system to be able to train employees in the details of their job within their own operations. Amden teaches lean thinking in highlighting the immediate barriers to the lean goal of zero defect at every step of the process at all time. Through Amden it is possible to think better about training people and improving the work conditions to take all difficulties away. SMED, originally known as single minute exchange of die, changing tools under 10 minutes, SMED is a key lean thinking practice to focus directly on flexibility. Flexibility is central to flow and always a problem, even for an engineer's mind. How flexible is the group to move from one topic to the next? Flexibility doesn't mean changing everything all the time, but the ability to switch quickly from one known activity to the next. SMED teaches lean thinking and always seeking to improve flexibility until one reaches true single-piece flow in the right sequence to respond to instant customer demand. Standardized work, lean thinking is about seeking the smoothest flow in any work, in order to see problems one by one and resolve them one by one thus improving both the flow of work and the autonomy of the person. Standardized work is the graphic description of this smooth flow of work at tack time with zero or one piece of work in process and clear location for everything and steps. Tricky quality points are also identified clearly, to make sure the person visualizes first, what is important for the customer, how to distinguish okay from not okay at every step and have to move confidently from one step to the next. Standardized work teaches lean thinking by visualizing every obstacle to smooth work each person encounters and highlighting topics for Kaizen. Visualization, most lean thinking techniques are about visualization in some form or other so that people can see together, know together and thus learn together. 
Visual control is the essential trigger to creative problem solving as all can see the gap between what was planned and what actually happened and can seek both immediate countermeasures and root causes. Visualization teaches lean thinking by getting people to work together on their own problems and develop their responsibility to reaching objectives without overburden. It's about people first. Lean thinking departs markedly from mainstream management, individual customers rather than market segments. Without denying the need to think in terms of segments, lean thinking is about taking seriously every single customer complaint and opinion of the product or service, as a fact. The ability to service every customer specifically is only limited by the flexibility of the company's process and lean thinking is about seeking a way to reach the ideal of serving each individual's preferences. Teaching employees how to learn rather than telling them what to do, lean thinking's aim is to develop each person's autonomy in problem solving by supporting them in their continuous improvement activities. This is a radical break from Taylorism where a group of specialists will devise the one best way and line management will be tasked to enforce it. By contrast, lean thinking is taught to managers so that they help their own direct reports to think lean and reduce overburden, unneeded variation and activity waste by working more closely with their teams and across functional boundaries. Lean thinking at senior level creates leaner enterprises because sales increase through customer satisfaction with higher quality products or services because cash improves flexibility reduces the need for inventories or backlogs, because costs reduce through identifying costly policies that create waste at value-adding level, and because capital expenditure is less needed as people themselves invent smarter, leaner processes to flow work continuously at tack time without waste lean manufacturing. After learning this session, you should be able to apply 5S in any machine shop, describe Kaizen concept, describe implementing lean manufacturing, Lean 5S. 5S is a method of workplace organization that consists of five words, sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. All of these words begin with the letter S. These five components describe how to store items and maintain the new order. When making decisions, employees discuss standardization, which will make the work process clear among the workers. By doing this, each employee will feel ownership of the process. Phase 0. Safety. It is often assumed that a properly executed 5S program will improve workplace safety, but this is false. Safety is not an option, it's a priority. Phase 1, sort, review all items in the workplace, keeping only what is needed. Phase 2, straighten, everything should have a place and be in place. Items should be divided and labeled. Everything should be arranged thoughtfully. Employees should not have to bend over repetitively. Place equipment near where it is used. This step is a part of why Lean 5S is not considered standardized cleanup. Phase 3, Shine. Make sure that the workplace is clean and neat. By doing this, it will be easier to be aware of where things are and where they should be. After working, clean the workspace and return everything to its former position. Keeping the workplace clean should be integrated into the daily routine. Phase 4, Standardize. Standardize work procedures and make them consistent. Every worker should be aware of what their responsibilities are when following the first three steps. Phase 5, Sustain. Assess and maintain the standards. The aforementioned steps should become the new norm in operation. Do not gradually revert to the old ways. When taking part of the new procedure, think of ways to improve. Review the first four steps when new tools or output requirements are presented. Kaizen. While the Lean 5S process focuses on the removal of wastes, Kaizen focuses on the practice of continuous improvement. Like Lean 5S, 
Kaizen identifies three main aspects of the workplace, Muda, wastes, neuroinconsistencies, and Muri, strain on people and machines. However, the Kaizen step-by-step -step process is more extensive than the Lean 5S process. The Kaizen process overview, identify a problem, form a team, gather information from internal and external customers, and determine goals for the project, review the current situation or process, brainstorm and consider seven possible alternatives, decide the three best alternatives of the seven, simulate and evaluate these alternatives before implementation. Present the idea and suggestions to managers, physically implement the Kaizen results and take account of the effects. Lean manufacturing improves as time goes on, so it is important to continue education about maintaining standards. It is crucial to change the standards and train workers when presented with new equipment or rules. Lean, think of a maintenance department as serving internal customers, the various departments and workers in the company. Lean is different from the traditional Western, mass production model that relies on economies of scale to create profits. The more you make the cheaper the product will become, the greater the potential profit margin. It is based on predictions of customer needs, or creating customer needs. It has difficulty dealing with unusual changes in demand. Lean production responds to proven customer demand. Pull processing, the customer pulls production. In a mass system the producer pushes product onto the market push processing, building a long-term culture that focuses on improvement, respect for workers better trained and educated, more flexible, lean is a philosophy that focuses on the following, meeting customer needs continuous, gradual improvement making continuously better products valuing the input of workers taking the long-term view eliminating mistakes eliminating waste wastes, using too many resources, materials, time, energy, space, money, human resources, Poor instructions, wastes, overproduction defects unnecessary processing waiting, wasting time, wasting human time and talent too many steps or moving around excessive transportation excessive inventory, lean production includes working with suppliers, subcontractors, and sellers to streamline the whole process, the goal is that production would flow smoothly avoiding costly starts and stops, the idea is called just in time produce only what is needed, when it is needed, and only in the quantity needed, production process must be flexible and fast. Inventory equals just what you need, in mass production equals just in case. Extra supplies and products are stored just in case they are needed. Terminology, process simplification, a process outside of the flow of production. Defects, the mass production system does inspection at the end of production to catch defects before they are shipped. The problem is that the resources have already been spent to make the waste product try to prevent problems immediately, as they happen, then prevent them, inspection during production, at each stage of production, safety, hurt time is waste time, information, need the right information at the right time, too much, too little, too late, principles, poke-yoke, mistake-proof determining the cause of problems and then removing the cause to prevent further errors, judgment errors, Finding problems after the process, informative inspections, analyzing data from inspections during the process, source inspections, inspection before the process begins to prevent errors, mean lean, one of the terms applied to a simply cost-cutting, job-cutting interpretation of lean is mean lean, often modern manager think they are doing lean without understanding the importance of workers and long-term relationships, reliability-centered maintenance, RCM. Reliability-centered maintenance is a system for designing a cost-effective maintenance program. 
It can be a detailed complex, computer, statistically driven, but at its basics it is fairly simple. Its ideas can be applied to designing and operating a PM system, and can also guide your learning as you do maintenance, troubleshooting, repair and energy work. These are core principles of a CM. These nine fundamental concepts are, failures happen, not all failures have the same probability not all failures have the same consequences simple components wear out, complex systems break down good maintenance provides required functionality for lowest practicable cost maintenance can only achieve inherent design reliability of the equipment unnecessary maintenance takes resources away from necessary, maintenance good maintenance programs undergo continuous improvement. Maintenance consists of all actions taken to ensure that components, equipment, and systems provide their intended functions when required. An ACM system is based on answering the following questions. What are the functions and desired standards of performance of the equipment? In what ways can it fail to fulfill its functions? Which are the most likely failures? How likely is each type of failure? Will the failures be obvious? Can it be a partial failure? What causes each failure? What happens when each failure occurs? What is the risk, danger etc? In what way does each failure matter? What are the consequences of a full or partial failure? What can be done to predict or prevent each failure? What will it cost to predict or prevent each failure? What should be done if a suitable proactive task cannot be found? Default actions, no task might be available, or it might be too costly for the risk. Equipment is studied in the context of where when and how it is being used. All maintenance actions can be classified into one of the following categories. Corrective maintenance, restore lost or degraded function preventive maintenance, minimizes opportunity for function to fail alterative maintenance, eliminate unsatisfactory condition by changing system design or use. Within the category of preventive maintenance all tasks accomplished can be described as belonging to one of five, five, major task types, condition directed, Renew life based on measured condition compared to a standard time directed, renew life regardless of condition failure finding, determine whether failure has occurred servicing, and replenish consumables lubrication, oil, grease or otherwise lubricate. We do maintenance because we believe that hardware reliability degrades with age, but that we can do something to restore or maintain the original reliability that pays for itself. RCM is reliability centered. Its objective is to maintain the inherent reliability of the system or equipment design, recognizing that changes in inherent reliability may be achieved only through design changes. We must understand that the equipment or system must be studied in the situation in which it is working, implementing lean manufacturing, analyze each step in the original process before making change. Lean manufacturing main focuses is on cost reduction and increases in turnover and eliminating activities that do not add value to the manufacturing process. Basically what lean manufacturing does is help companies to achieve targeted production, as well as other things, by introducing tools and techniques that are easy to apply and maintain. What these tools and techniques are doing is reducing and eliminating wastes, things that are not needed in the manufacturing process. Manufacturing engineers set out to use the Six Sigma DMAIC, design, measure, analyze, improve, control, methodology, in conjunction with lean manufacturing, to meet customer requirements related to the production of tubes. Manufacturing engineers were charged with designing a new process layout of the tube production line. The objectives for project were including, 
Improved quality decreased scrap delivery to the point of use smaller lot sizes implementation of a pool system better feedback increased production individual responsibility decreased whip dine flexibility. Before making changes, the team analyze each step in the original layout of the tube production line process. They try to understand the original state process, identify the problem area, unnecessary step and non-value added. After mapping the process, the lean team collected data from the Material Review Board MRB, bench to measure and analyze major types of defects. To better understand the process, the team also did a time study for 20 days period production run. In the original state, the tube line consisted of one operator and four operations, separated into two stations by a large table using a push system. The table acted as a separator between the second and third operation. The first problem discovered was the line's unbalanced. The first station was used about 70% of the time. Operators at the second station were spending a lot of their time waiting between cycle times. By combining stations 1 and 2, room for improvement became evident with respect to individual responsibility, control of inventory by the operator, and immediate feedback when a problem occurred. The time study in the department layout reflect these findings. A second problem was recognized. Because of the process flow, the production rate did not allow the production schedule to be met with two stations. Because operators lost track of machine cycles, machines were waiting for operator attention. Operators also tried to push parts through the first station, the bottleneck operation in the process, and then continued to manufacture the parts at the last two operations. Typically, long runs of whip built up, and quality problems were not caught until a lot number of defective pieces were produced. The original state data were taken from the last 20 days before the change. The teams analyze each step in the original and making changes. The findings of the time study on the original process provided the basis for reducing cycle time, balancing the line, designing the using just-in-time Kanbans and scheduling, improve quality, decrease lot size and whip, and improve flow. The new process data were taken starting one month after implementation. This delay gave the machine operators an opportunity to train and get to with the new process layout system. With the U-shaped cell design, the parts meet all the customer requirement. Table in the original process was removed, almost eliminating whip. With the reducing whip and increasing production, some of the concepts used to improve the process included total employee involvement, tele, smaller lot sizes, scheduling, point-of-use inventory, and improved layout. All employees and supervisors in the department were involved in all phases of the project. Their ideas and suggestions were incorporated in the planning and implementation process to gain wider acceptance of the changes to the process. Smaller lot sizes were introduced to minimize the number of parts produced before defects were detected. Kanbans were introduced, in the form of material handling racks, to control whip and to implement a pool system, and the cell layout decreased travel between operations. Operators were authorized to stop the line when problems arose. In the original state, the operators were still continue running parts when our operation was down. With Kanban control, the layout eliminated the ability to store whip, requiring the operator to shut down the entire line. The cell layout provides excellent opportunities for improving communication between operators about problems and adjustments, to achieve better quality. Day-to-day -day inspection of the original state process The operators spent a lot of time either waiting for material handling person, or performing as a material handling. With the U-shaped cell, delivery to the point of use is more better for the operator. 
The operator places boxes of raw material on six movable roller carts, where it's easily to get. The six boxes are enough to last a 24-H period. To reduce setup times, tools needed for machine repair and adjustments are located in the cell. The screws are not standardized. Tools are set up in order of increasing size to quickly identify the proper tool. For three months the process was monitored to verify that it was in control. Comparison of time studies from the original state and the implemented layout demonstrated an increase in production from 300 to 514 finished products per shift. The new layout eliminated double handling between the second and third operations, as well as at the packing step. It also reduced throughout time by making it easier to cycle all four operations in a pool system order. Customer demand was met by two shifts, which reduced the labor cost. The results of the redesign are as follows. Whip decreased by 97% production increased 72% scrap was reduced by 43% machine utilization increased by 50% labor utilization increased by 25% labor costs were reduced by 33% sigma level increased from 2.6 to 2.8. This project yielded reduced labor and scrap costs, and allowed the organization to do a better job of making deliveries on time, while allowing a smaller finished goods inventory. Daily production and numbers and single part cycle time served as a benchmark for monitoring progress towards the goal. Although the sigma level increase, the 43% reduction in defects, 97% reduction in whip, and production increase of 72% contributed to the project objective. Implementing lean is a never-ending process, this is what continuous improvement is all about. When you get one aspect of lean implemented, it can always be improved. Don't get hung up on it. But don't let things slip back to the starting point. There will always be time to go back and refine some of the processes. Before lean manufacturing was implemented at Nipro Oregon Inc., we would operate using traditional manufacturing. Traditional manufacturing consists of producing all of a given product for the marketplace so as to never let the equipment idle. These goods then need to be warehoused or shipped out to a customer who may not be ready for them. If more is produced than can be sold, the products will be sold at a deep discount, often a loss, or simply scrapped. This can add up to an enormous amount of wastes. After implementing lean manufacturing concepts, our company uses just-in-time. Just-in-time refers to producing and delivering good in the amount required when the customer requires it and not before. In lean manufacturing, the manufacturer only produces what the customer wants, when they want it. This often a much more cost-effective way of manufacturing when compared to high-priced, High-volume equipment architecting lean enterprises. What is lean enterprise? Lean enterprise refers to a production principle stating that any component of a business enterprise that fails to directly benefit a final product is superfluous. Lean enterprise focuses on value creation while eliminating waste and non-essential processes. The most valuable elements of a product or a service are largely decided by consumers. Based on the discretionary income they are willing to pay for an item. Understanding Lean Enterprise Lean Enterprise is sometimes simply referred to as lean, although both terms came into popular usage in the 1990s, the concept itself was devised by Toyota Motor Corporation when it introduced the Toyota Production System, TPS. Developed by Eiji Toyoda and Teichi Ono, the Toyota Production System, TPS, integrated socio-technical management philosophy and was practiced between 1948 and 1975. The Lean Enterprise philosopher was also inspired by telecommunications giant Motorola, which implemented a manufacturing principle known as Lean Six Sigma in 1986. 
This quality control methodology uses a data-driven review to limit mistakes and defects in the production process. At its core, a company that adopts lean enterprise combines these two disciplines in order to maximize value for customers while slashing the money and resources spent on creating the products and services in question. Lean Enterprise Principles According to Lean Thinking, banish waste and create wealth in your corporation, co-written by economist James Womack and Daniel T. Jones, Lean Enterprise is characterized by the following five chief tenets for value. This pertains to the manner in which end customers value a certain product or service as it relates to their wants or needs. Value stream. This breaks down the life cycle of a product or service, including the acquisition of raw materials, the manufacturing of goods, the sale and delivery of inventory, and the ultimate consumption of items by end users. Flow. If any iteration of the value stream is stagnant or inefficient, it is considered wasteful and antithetical to creating customer value. Pull. This is a directive stating that nothing should be produced until there is clear demand or official purchase orders from customers. Perfection. This ethos states that any element of the process that results in inferior product quality shall be excised from the manufacturing process. What does it take to become a lean enterprise? In our experience, there are three keys to successful implementation of lean, leadership commitment, employee involvement and execution. These form the foundation that will allow Lean to take root and drive results. Leadership Commitment A true Lean enterprise is only achieved if it is rooted in the culture of a company. It becomes part of the DNA of how the company operates, how employees view and handle challenges as well as opportunities. Leaders need to provide encouragement, reinforcement and most of all, led by example. Often, employees see Lean as a fad or like mentioned above, a manufacturing initiative. Only when they see that leadership is practicing lean day in and day out will the employees fully believe in its power and commit 100%. They can develop the drive for continuous assessment and improvement that makes a lean enterprise a sustainable entity. Employee involvement. Employee involvement is a key to success for two reasons. First, it builds ownership of change. People are more likely to adopt change they help design rather than change thrust upon them. Second, the people doing the work are in the best position to understand how the work gets done and are better suited to solve any issues that may arise. For that reason, involving the employees in the lean enterprise transformation is a key factor. There are numerous practices and tools that can be used depending on your unique situation, but from our experience there are three practices that ensure employee involvement and empowerment to drive the sustainable change and embed it in the culture. Continuous improvement, through proven lean tools and practices. Employees are empowered to always look to eliminate waste and improve their work streams communication process. Employee suggestions and transparency encourages continuous communication of changes, ideas and issues throughout the transformation and after its implementation effective change management. In a transformation, employee resistance to change can be detrimental to meeting the goals if not properly managed when all employees, regardless of position or function, are immersed in lean thinking. A powerful lean culture is created. The core of a lean enterprise is made up of a culture that is always consciously and subconsciously thinking lean. Execution. Effective execution requires a focused direction and detailed plan to address near-term and longer-term needs that build the business capabilities to support fluctuating business climates. Without a structured plan, direction becomes foggy. Leadership will not fully grasp the benefits of the implementation and employees will lose faith in the process. A generic representation of entrepreneurial lean thinking to architect lean enterprises. 
the plan should strive to be in the same form as the desired results, streamlined with a clear view ahead. The focus should be based on a comprehensive company-wide plan staying disciplined throughout the transformation and throughout the organization clearly defining accountability for not only leadership, but for all employees' effective communication of accountability and progress throughout the transformation, organizational culture and change leadership. In the context of organizational change we look for methods that will support sustainability, that is, obtaining enduring benefits. The decision to implement lean is typically a decision of senior management, that is, a top-down change initiative. While there are many models of the change management process, the process is not always as successful as intended. As change management shows, abrupt changes result in resistance. At the deeper level lean is a culture, that is, a set of organizational attitudes, rather than a mere use of tools. The sustainability depends on organizational culture and the collective response to the change. Furthermore, many of the lean tools are sophisticated in their requirement for a particular type of culture, including strong intrinsic motivation at the shop floor level for the processes, for example, Kaizen, 5S, Quality Circles, Work Cells, and Six Sigma. Thus implementing lean requires a change management process that fosters the outcomes, hence change leadership through coaching as opposed to merely directive top-down change. Lean methods or tools, a selection of some, not all of lean methods indicating the importance of having a selection criteria and prioritization method for implementation. In a lean system the respect for humans principle is equally important as the elimination of wastes. Lean is commonly associated with the latter and the respect for humans component is largely neglected. True lean involves a focus on the people of an organization, creating a culture that empowers staff at all levels to make innovative changes that improve productivity by reducing wasteful action. Muda. This creates dynamic and flexible learning organizations of emergent change. Efficient and effective communication processes enable collaboration and consensus along with shared vision and engagement. In this way respect for humans works synergetically with and for waste elimination, neglecting the human component jeopardizes the sustainability of the change and makes it difficult to reach the level of cultural excellence for continuous improvement. A popular representation of this is the iceberg model of Heinz et al., with the lean tools, processes, and techniques being the visible component above the waterline, with the unseen supporting functions being strategy, leadership, and employee behavior and engagement. This introduces a time dimension to the implementation, since culture is not instant. Consequently it may be necessary to build that culture. Specifically, lean is implemented in stages over time, by selecting tools that are appropriate to the organization at that point in time. It may be wiser to first implement simpler methods with the view of engagement and acceptance of staff as opposed to attempting to immediately introduce the more complex lean tools. These become small wins that build momentum and staff confidence. Employees need to be engaged to support a difficult method, like JIT. Thus, even though certain lean tools may hold the promise of high returns, they may also be risky to implement. Failure could ruin future chances of success and engagement. Implementation of lean is therefore an organizational strategy regarding the changing of culture over time, by the selective and progressive implementation of lean tools that are situational relevant for that organization at that time, followed by further implementation later when the culture has caught up. Practitioners typically describe this deliberate temporal progression as the lean journey. Thus the concept of continuous improvement, CI, applies not only to the technical operations but also the strategic implementation at organizational level. 
The residual difficulty is that of deciding which lean tools are relevant for the organization at that point in its journey. This is a question to which we return, and in the next section we show how consideration of organizational risk can lead to a solution. Risk management in lean enterprises. All ventures that an organization undertakes of risk, that is, uncertain opportunity and threat. The risk management, RM, methods encourage a deliberate and integrated consideration of both these outcomes. Various standards have defined risk in the sense of both negative and positive aspects. Are the core concepts in the RM method of the partitioning of the problem into two variables, consequence and likelihood. Thus the analysis task reduces to determining first the magnitude of the outcome, which may be positive or negative, corresponding to opportunity or threat, respectively, and then the likelihood of that outcome. The magnitude of the outcome may be represented quantitatively or qualitatively. Likewise the likelihood may be quantified in a probability or expressed as a subject qualitative statement, very rare, almost most certain. These two variables are then combined to give an overall score for the risk. If the variables are all quantitative then a simple product operation is used, but qualitative variables require a mapping process. The process is repeated for several scenarios under consideration and the RM method assists the decision making by identifying the scenario with the highest risk, or lowest as the case may be. The risk management method is particularly effective for quantitative variables and has therefore found widespread adoption in engineering, finance particularly insurance, and project management situations. Although the method as a whole claims to be applicable to strategic decision-making even at the highest level of the organization and examples of this are available, this is not a particularly well-developed capability of RM. In lean implementation we are particularly focused on what is desirable in terms of lean success and sustainability and undesirable in terms of failure of the implementation. Intersection between lean implementation and risk management. There has been some prior work at the intersection of these two bodies of knowledge. One line of inquiry, although perhaps not risk management per se, has been to identify critical success factors for lean implementation. Innovative frameworks and manufacturing techniques, for example, core competency-based framework and emergent manufacturing methods, have been applied to reduce specific risks. The two methodologies have been compared and applications in lean itself have been used to identify and treat uncertainties risks in construction projects. Processes including supply chain modeling have been used to support mitigation of risks. The applicability of RM in selecting Lean Six Sigma projects has been identified. Regarding the specific question of how to manage the risks in the implementation of Lean, there has been work on matching of Lean system strategy to risk identification, using a systems engineering approach, and use of project management methods. It has been suggested to merge Lean thinking and high reliability to balance the non-preferred fragile nature of lean. There is lack of methods to improve the reliability of lean implementation. In summary, reviewing the literature we found little to no application of a standardized risk assessment to a lean implementation project. Two other methodologies have some relevance. These are agile manufacturing and theory of constraints. However neither of these have shown any major integration with risk management, though some movement has been made in that direction. While the lean and risk management practices each have well-established literature, there is currently no integration between the two. This is despite the fact that the implementation of lean is full of risks, both the opportunities that the managers seek to capture, and the threats and failed implementations that too frequently result. The purpose of this paper is to develop a methodology for assessing the risks, both the threats and the opportunities, of the lean methods. 
the particular area of interest is contextual decision-making, we wish to be able to better identify the lean tools that are relevant to specific situations. The area under examination is SME manufacturing firms, because lean is particularly difficult to implement in such organizations. This is worth attempting, for the potential to avoid failed lean implementation, the attendant wasted organizational effort, resistance against future attempts. Key takeaways from lean enterprises. Lean enterprises are business term describing the practice of reducing or eliminating inefficiencies in the production process. The underlying principles behind lean enterprise were originated by Toyota Motor Corporation's Toyota Production System, TPS, and by Motorola's Lean Six Sigma program, both of which stress removing wasteful production elements. The main goal is to recognize and increase the value of products or services for customers whose perspectives and consumer habits ultimately dictate lean enterprise directives lean project management. Lean project management is a concept for planning and controlling projects. Lean project management combines the instruments and methods of project management with the ideas of lean management. The range of approaches extends from the verbatim transfer of the methods and or principles of the Toyota production system to project management to freer, contextual interpretations. If one follows the interpretation of the lean idea by James P. Womack and Daniel Ruse this is how the lean concept can be summarized in five principles that can be transferred to project management. Some of these principles have to be implemented in time-limited, novel projects with the help of other methods than in permanent, repetitive production processes. Principles. Specify the optimal benefit-cost ratio from the customer's point of view. The first problem that Lean Project Management has to solve is that both external and internal projects are started without any clear benefit for defined customers. This is important for the Lean idea insofar as it makes little sense to make the management of a project lean if the project as such is wastes. The task of working out the benefits of a project before the start of the project is the task of the initiation phase in all standards for project management. In this phase, the first step towards lean project management can be achieved through methods for specifying and validating the project benefit as well as for project selection. Define the minimum value adding work packages and work processes. A second problem that lean project management addresses is the increasing bureaucratization of project management, which often means that customers, project results and value adding activities neglected. In this situation, Lean Project Management has the task of identifying the minimum value-adding work packages and work processes that led to the optimal benefit-cost ratio for the customer and making them as clear, simple and transparent as possible. This can be achieved through a result-oriented design of project management activities and or through a systematic reduction of bureaucracy and project management standards in organizations. Establish clear responsibilities, tasks and competencies at the lowest possible organizational level. A third problem to which Lean Project Management has to provide answers is the unclear assignment of responsibilities between project and line, client, on the one hand and between project manager and project staff on the other. In both cases, these ambiguities usually arise in conjunction with questions about the distribution of power. The demands of Lean Project Management at this point are, firstly, to establish clear responsibilities, tasks and competencies between the individual roles and, Secondly, to place them as low as possible in the hierarchy. This can be achieved with the help of classical methods of organizational theory, role design or job design and coordination mechanisms, and leadership theory, delegation and control. The product, or result, of a project is created, maintained, adapted, 
updated, and demolished retired by various projects during its life ensure a continuous flow of results by limiting work in progress. A fourth problem with which land project management is confronted consists of long lead times, continuous interruptions, chronic quantitative and qualitative overloading of project employees and the associated risks for the adherence to deadlines, budgets and quality of projects. The main reason for this is to be found in too much work in progress or in progress, work in progress, in an organization or in a project. In this situation, lean project management has the task of significantly reducing the amount of open work in a project oriented organization and in the projects themselves in order to enable a largely uninterrupted and continuous flow of results at a sustainable speed. Critical chain project management, can be achieved with the help of work in progress limits, Kanban, or time boxing, Scrum. Identify errors immediately and eliminate them sustainably. A fifth problem area to which lean project management approaches are expected is the optimization of measures for quality assurance of projects. Analytical measures, such as lessons learned, are in part either not carried out, do not analyze the benefits of the project for the project customers and or are not used as a basis for the design of further projects. Constructive measures of quality planning, assurance and control have positive effects on project planning and tracking, but not verifiable and repeatable on the realization of benefits for the customer. Firstly, this requires methods to identify errors in projects since project errors are not synonymous with specification deviations in production. Second, methods are required to identify these in projects at an early stage and either to eliminate them or to solve them sustainably. Methods for this can be found in the daily Scrum, Scrum, and in the service operation of ITL. The principles show, first, that lean project management is not a new or different project management, but seeks to free established standards and practices of project management from reactive power a type of wastes. Secondly, it becomes clear that in lean project management already established methods from project management, from agile approaches as well as from organizational and leadership theory are used, which makes it unnecessary to reinvent or relabel existing methods. Thirdly, the principles of lean management can be applied to both classic and agile or hybrid approaches, which makes the approach independent of the process model chosen. Project types. The core ideas of lean project management have already been used in different domains. Lean construction. In construction projects in particular, the integration of lean principles into project management has been considered for some time. Lean product lean software development. Since the 1980s, there have been a number of approaches to lean product development and lean software development, the importance of which has increased significantly due to the increasing proportion of software in products. Each life cycle stage raises new questions about the success of the initial, making stage project, lean innovation lean startup. In more recent times and inspired by the spread of agile approaches in product development, there is also increasing talk of lean innovation and lean startups and approaches to lean and agile innovation management are proposed. How does lean project management work? The introduction of lean project management in the company or in the project world is not an easy task. In contrast to standardized project management, the following factors represent a hurdle during implementation. Lean project management is not a project management tool that can be standardized in such a way that it can be used in all types of projects without adaptation. Lean project management cannot be designed according to the one-size-fits-all principle. The characteristics of lean project management in the sample products lean product development and scrum make this clear. 
Anyone who expects lean project management checklists and predefined tools has not understood lean management. These tools are only a means to an end and a tailor to the respective task as required. What is essential is the lean philosophy, which is the real value of lean project management. The core elements are dealing with problems and errors, the focus on the value of the project result, avoiding the waste of resources and time through activities that do not add value, the flexible reaction to changes in the project environment during the project period and a convincing project vision. Establishing a lean project management culture is a task that takes on a period of time that can span several years and only makes sense where project teams work together with the appropriate continuity. This is typically the case in corporate product development and software development. Product lifecycle can ultimately include recycling portions of the product to tailor change management. For this task, change management, required. If these hurdles are successfully overcome, projects can be carried out more successfully in terms of project budget, duration and quality of results. Agile, fast feedback in living order. Lean was originally developed in the world of manufacturing but has been adopted in many industries. In the world of software development, a related approach, Agile, has become increasingly popular. Agile software development projects typically involve small, self-organizing teams who work collaboratively in short iterative cycles to produce working product increments. When you hear people talking about Agile, they may be referring generally to a set of values and principles intended to guide project teams in achieving agility by continuously adapting and improving the way they work. However, people often use the term Agile to refer to one of the many specific software development frameworks based on those values and principles, including the following. The many flavors of Agile include, Scrum, designed for completing complex projects using small, cross-functional, self-organizing teams, Scrum is the most widely used form of Agile. When people refer to Agile software development, they are usually talking about Scrum practices, and we often do the same in the C-book. Kanban, based on lean principles, Kanban focuses on incremental change and continuous process improvement. Central to this simple framework is the Kanban board, which is a visual display of all the project work in progress, the work waiting to be started, and the work already completed. Extreme Programming, XP, emphasizing short development cycles with frequent releases of software for evaluation, XP is based on a set of software development best practices, Crystal, Dynamic Systems Development Method, DSDM, and Feature Driven Development, FDD. These are some of the other more popular Agile frameworks. Most Agile approaches emphasize an iterative approach to product development, with the project specifications evolving along with the customer's notion of the software requirements. According to project manager Steve Cassley, in a Microsoft Growth Center article, projects using these iterative development approaches plan, develop, and implement project functionality in small chunks, or iterations. The key to successful iterative delivery is that each small chunk effectively operates as a smaller mini-project under the umbrella of the total project, Castle 2019. A Scrum project starts with a conversation between the development team and the product owner about what the customer wants the software to do. In Scrum terminology, the customer is the product owner, and the features that the product owner wants included in the software are known as user stories, which may be expressed in simple non-technical language from the perspective of the person who wants that feature, for example, as a car owner, I want to schedule my service appointment online so that I don't have to spend time on the phone calling my mechanic, often, 
The person is a fictional persona representing a type of user or stakeholder. The product owner prioritizes the user stories, which are collectively referred to as the product backlog, and in each development cycle, the team creates pieces of software that address one or more user stories. After a one to two week cycle of development, known in Scrum as a sprint, the team presents the new software to the product owner in a sprint review meeting so she can try it out and make suggestions for improvement. The team then begins another sprint, incorporating those suggestions into a new iteration and beginning work on new user stories, depending on their capacity. After every sprint, the product owner has the chance to redirect the team to new user stories, or to revise the team's understanding of an existing user story. Through these repeated interactions, which provide fast, focused feedback, the team and the product owner zero in on a software application that does what the product owner needs it to do. If time and money are tight, as they often are, the product owner has regular opportunities to make choices about which user stories are the most important, and which can be dispensed with if necessary. Agile development is essentially a learning process through which the development team and the product owner create a shared understanding of how many features they can create, given the allotted time and money. It's very much a living order approach to project management, in that the early stages involve some ambiguity and many unknowns. According to Robert Merrill, a senior business analyst at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and an agile coach, agile is a way to manage projects in the face of unpredictability and constraints, often very rigid time and budget constraints. The fast feedback allows the team to create the best possible software within the given constraints. 2017. Although agile had its roots in software development, companies have also expanded its use into a variety of project types including manufacturing, product development, capital projects, and service projects. For one perspective on how an iterative, agile approach can help manufacturing companies take advantage of new technologies, some companies use a combination of agile frameworks, often called hybrid agile, or a combination of some predictive, plan-driven processes with elements of an agile framework, also called a hybrid development approach. A hybrid agile project might include classic scrum elements such as a product owner and development sprints as well as a Kanban board that is used to pull work based on capacity. A hybrid development approach could involve predictive project planning along with more flexible agile development cycles. Decisions about which approach to use, whether it is a strictly agile approach, such as scrum, or a hybrid approach should be based on the needs of the project as well as the organizational environment in which the project will unfold. Paul Dan Durden, CEO of Pymatrix, a company whose products include a visual project management software platform, argues that there is value in both agile and predictive, or waterfall, approaches. He proposed a hybrid agile waterfall manifesto in a blog post that also highlights what he sees as the limitations of the original agile manifesto. Hybrid Agile Manifesto and Spider-Man, Hackathons, Fostering an Agile Culture, Hackathons, another type of Agile experience, are typically multi-day events in which software developers work on a solution to a specific problem with the goal of generating a number of innovative ideas and or prototypes. Hackathons are similar to Agile sprints, but typically involve more intensive collaboration, with participants gathering in one place and dividing up into teams. Originating as a way for anyone to get involved in creating open-source software, 
hackathons are now common on college campuses and in the corporate world. For a glimpse into how MasterCard uses hackathons to generate new product ideas and foster an agile culture within its organization resources and further reading, Operations Management, Nova Scotia Community College, Canada Womack, James P., Daniel, T. Jones, 1996, Lean Thinking Open Oregon Education Arc Resources Journal of Industrial Engineering, Implementing Lean Practices. Managing the Transformation Risks Investopedia CGN Global E3S Conferences, Agile Project Management in Lean Environment Second Wiki University of Wisconsin Press Books, Next Steps for the Pursuit of Growth, The Life You Want, The Married You Want, The Family That You Want, Is Going to Be Fueled by the Business You Build, Russell Brunson, Author and CEO of ClickFunnels, How to Guarantee Your Position as a Successful Entrepreneur. I feel that it's now my job to inspire you to actually implement and execute what you have learned from this program. Let's face it, the big, vast economy is not going to accommodate you with more opportunities and more business without you taking some serious initial steps. The economy most likely doesn't even know you exist. Up until now, you only operated as a small part of it, or you're just getting started. The government is not going to bail you out on your difficult days and they certainly are not going to help you to advance and conquer on your entrepreneurship journey while you are setting yourself free. Something tells me that you didn't pick up this program because you are comfortable or satisfied with where you're in your career and business. Chances are you want to change or improve your career, build a side hustle, increase your level of flexibility and independence, or you want to simply have much security and more available options in life and business. Otherwise, you wouldn't have finished this program. Taking the time to pick up this program and study it suggests that you truly do want to do something different. For this, I acknowledge and congratulate you. Well done to you on getting this program. I applaud you for starting it and even more for finishing it. Now, if you want the world to give you a standing ovation, put lessons in it to work. Interestingly, one of the most effective ways of perfecting these disciplines is to help others attain success and implement these actions themselves. When people with common goals and motivations come together, they tend to learn faster and become a support system for one another. So gather a group of like-minded and highly driven people who refuse to live by the norms of the mediocre. Assemble a group to discuss this program and brainstorm it with you. Ask your family, friends, and other like-minded entrepreneurs to make this program as a team. Then help one another apply and commit to using the actions, hold one another accountable to these commitments. This is the game, and it's the most fun game that I've ever played. You now started getting the skills you need to start building your empire or make it bigger. During this journey that we've been on together through this program, we've covered a lot of things, but there are still a lot I am going to provide you. Everything you've learned in this program is literally the same thing we would discuss and do with you if one of my skill front advisors or I had a chance to fly to you and sit in your office. You now have access to the skills that will unlock the path of success in your business and ultimately in your life. You've just learned what took me a decade to discover and master. Tony Robbins often talks about how reading a book is like taking a decade of someone's life and compressing it down to a day. My entrepreneurial journey hasn't been all sunshine and roses. There have been many ups and downs, and I fought hard to learn all these skills in this program you have in your hands, and all other programs we have released, and we're going to release. It is my honor and privilege to be able to share them with you. I still remember the excitement as I learned each of these skills and use them for the business for the first time. Whenever I meet someone talking about our programs and skills they are learning from Skillfront, I get slightly jealous about how much fun it would be to rediscover all these skills. 
At this moment, you just officially became our latest skill front entrepreneur. I hope that you had as much fun learning as I did when I started my own journey. We will end this program now, and we will be happy to serve you again with another program. If you want to get up to the minute ideas, keep yourself informed about other skill front programs like this one. Follow our pages on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. P.S. Don't forget, you're just one skill away. Thanks for learning with the skill front. I want to thank you for taking the time with our program. We hope you enjoyed studying this lecture as much as we had enjoyed while we were creating it. It would be our greatest pleasure if we managed to help you to learn a thing or two, which will guide you on your own exciting entrepreneurship journey. This program is a playbook. Don't just study it once and go on with business as usual. Keep it handy and refer to it often. Having these tactics and using them hand in hand will give you strategies to grow your business and career geometrically. And with that, thank you so much once again. And I wish you all the success you can dream of. Yelizo Bugafell, Skillfront, what's coming next? If you want to get up to the minute ideas, keep yourself informed about Skillfront programs like this one. Follow our pages on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Skillfront, our web address www.skillfront.com